Thanks for tuning in to the Lean 911 podcast where you'll have a voice directly from the Gemba. I will rely on my three decades of lean successes as well as my failures to answer your most challenging questions regarding your lean transformation. I'm your host, Mark Deluzio, President and CEO of Lean Horizons Consulting and the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System. Looking forward to your questions now. Let's go to the Gemba. Hi, Mark Deluzio here. President and CEO of Lean Horizons Consulting and the Principal Architect of the Danaher Business System. The next two episodes, this one, episode 11 and 12, kind of go together, but they have to be done in a particular order. I'm going to be doing Lean Accounting, and the second one, episode 12, will be Accounting for Lean. And there's a difference. I'm going to explain that in a minute. So I'm breaking this up into a two-part series, if you will. Uh, Both are pertinent. Uh, if you want to venture into this area. And I want to start with lean accounting. Uh, For those of you watching on YouTube, I'm going to share my screen and show a presentation. Otherwise, sit back and listen, and uh, you'll hear a little bit about how we thought about the accounting process, particularly the cost accounting process, differently than what we all got taught in school. So give me a minute here while I share my screen, and here we go. Okay, so you notice again that this says lean accounting and accounting for lean. We're talking about two different things. And again, this episode, episode 11, is all about lean accounting. Now, uh, our agenda is going to take us all the way through, again, in a two-part series, the introduction. I'm going to talk a little bit about upfront what these two definitions mean. I'm going to give you a case study on lean accounting, and then I'm going to break it off from there and start the next episode which is the case study on accounting for lean. And I'm going to talk to all the accountants out there in terms of what has to happen in order to convert from a traditional management accounting system to a lean accounting system. And uh, then we'll wrap it up from there. So let's get going on an introduction. First definitions, lean accounting. It's simply applying lean concepts and methodologies to drive waste out of the accounting process. No different than you would take the concept and philosophies and tools of lean to drive them, to drive waste out of a manufacturing process, uh, an insurance claims process, an order entry process, a new product development process. And and in this this endeavor, we're looking at the same waste that everybody else looks at, the traditional seven ONO wastes, and we're trying to drive those out of the particular process. Now, the accounting for lean is modifying the accounting process and internal management reporting to properly deliver financial and operational information which promotes lean behaviors. Now, you're going to find, when we get to that section in uh, episode 12, many of the old traditional cost accounting variance analysis efficiency analysis, standard costing, drive the exact opposite behaviors that we're trying to, you know, bring into our culture. And if we don't get this part right, the accounting function itself, the finance function, can actually derail the entire lean transformation. And I've seen this happen countless times, and uh, many have written about it. But this all came about back in 1980, well, 1989, 
where I believe I was the first to actually implement Lean Accounting. Matter of fact, the guys over at Watermold, uh, Ori Fumi and all that, Art Byrne had him call me to benchmark what we were doing there. And then a bunch of other people followed after that. And, uh, you know, we didn't have any books on this. We didn't have any consultants. All we did was say, okay, well, look, let's look at the behaviors we want to drive and let's look at the accounting process that, uh, that uh, is, is preventing us from doing that. So we'll get into that more in the second part of this, but right now I want to talk about how we applied lean to the, to the accounting process. So now what are the benefits from lean accounting? Obviously eliminated waste. I already talked about that more timely information, improved quality of information, frees up accounting resources. All right. And it allows the accountant and the financial arm of the company to be more navigators than they are historians. How many times do the accounting people put all the reports together, takes two or three weeks to close the books, and they could tell you what happened last month, maybe, if the, if the data is anywhere near meaningful. Most accounting data today, when you look at the profit and loss statement, the balance sheet and the cash flow statement, are not good enough to really understand what's going on in the business. And again, I'll talk about that more in the second part. But if we don't take the waste out of the accounting process, we will never have a chance at doing the second part, which is accounting for lean. And that's something you got to keep in mind here. A lot of people want to run right into, you know, accounting for lean, but they're not applying lean to their own process themselves. So it allows you to be a lot more customer focused, <laughs> provides internal customers what they want when they need it in terms of trying to, to drive, uh, to drive uh, the right decisions and it eliminates unnecessary reporting, which I, I will definitely talk about as we move through. The accounting for lean, again, I'm just gonna touch on this for a minute because we'll get more into this a little bit later, but uh, uh, all the things that we do with absorption accounting, with uh, the whole notion of indirect and direct labor drives the wrong behaviors, purchase price variance, all the variance analysis, most analysis that I see on standard cost deviations, they talk about why the standard's wrong. They don't talk about performance, and you can't really with a, a standard cost accounting system. Uh, uh, it, it drives more accurate direct cost to the value stream and even down to the sell level where you get absolutely very accurate product costs because you're not spreading your overhead like peanut butter across the business, okay? Cost data is not arbitrary, and you at least have a vehicle to control one's destiny. And I'll, I'll talk a lot about the millions of dollars we saved just because of the accounting system that we put in. The lean accounting system back in 1989, uh, we saved millions and millions of dollars of spend because of avoidance of capital. As a matter of fact, I have a, uh, a separate podcast on, on how I looked at capital equipment, which is really part of the accounting for lean part of that. And I'll talk about that then, but uh, there's a whole section specifically on that one aspect of, uh, of the process that I put in place. Now I'll have to say that I was very lucky to be able to do this because I had leaders, George Konisaker, Art Byrne, Bob Pentland, who's an un unsung hero, our VP of operations, who supported me wholeheartedly on doing this. 
Without that, without that leadership support and understanding, this never would have happened. Okay, let's talk about a case study. Now, the, some of this is going to be a little bit dated because back in 1989, uh, I'm going to be talking about the accounts payable process as an example. We did this with a lot of other processes too, like the closing process, the receivables, and all kinds of other things that we did. But I'm just going to pick on the accounts payable process. But it was a bit archaic back then in 1989 compared to today as to how we process invoices. But you're still going to have to bear with me on that because the 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 message and the lessons learned are in fact still relevant. Um, uh, George Konishtaker actually told me once, of all the areas in the business, Mark's finance team achieved the largest productivity gain in all of Jaybreak. all right? And I'll show you those numbers in a minute. And by the way, we did not let people go out the door. We had a no layoff policy, which is another part of accounting for lean, that if you don't have that, you're never going to harness the creativity and, uh, and, and and improvements from the from the operators they're going to always be looking for ways to, uh, set, you know, guarantee their employment, if you will, uh, a subject for another day. Okay, so let's move on. Here's the situation analysis. You know, I had 25 people in my my business. We were 65 million dollars. We had 100% market share, but we, you know, our biggest customer took a third of our business away. Those Cummins engine, which ironically Cummins just bought Jake Break uh, last year, I believe. But I had 25 people. You can see the distribution here. I had three in accounts payable, uh, one in accounts receivable, two in general accounting, three in payroll, four in cost accounting, and in information systems, we had 12. So I had 25 people. By the way, information systems, uh, you'll see later, we took that down to roughly two or three people because we had a big IBM 4381 mainframe Halon system. It was a batch system, and it was way overkill for what we needed for this business. But anyway, let's move on with uh, with accounts payable. Okay, very simply, our mail was delivered in an envelope, <laughs> okay? Again, remember what time frame we're talking about, 1989. Mail got sorted. Believe it or not, I had three accounts payable uh, ladies working for me, and one lady did uh, uh, vendors that started with an A through, I forget the letter, K, and then the next one did L through, I don't know, uh, S, and then the others did T through Z. Okay, so even if a vendor called up with an inquiry, and let's say Nancy got uh, uh, Acme, but she didn't do the A, she'd, say, she'd have the guy call back to talk to Mary, who did the A's. Okay, so that's how crazy it was. But we sorted all these hundreds and hundreds of envelopes every week into their respective piles. Okay, we then opened the mail. We created batch control totals. So we took a bunch of invoices, added them up, got a total number of what we were supposed to pay because that's what the computer system wanted us to do. And uh, then we entered them into the system. And then we found that, oh, geez, didn't have a purchase order. Oh, geez, unit measure is wrong. There's no purchase order. Uh, uh, price was different than the PO. I mean, we had all kinds of issues. So a majority of our time was spent correcting the exceptions. And then, of course, once we got all that done, we filed the vouchers and uh, never did we hardly ever go back to those to those uh, filing systems. But uh, But the bottom line here, everybody looks at productivity, okay? And there's so much time and attention you know, when, you're, when your cost 
total cost are 12, 13% is labor. And there's so much time and attention spent on driving productivity and all the systems and time clocks and everything else. But at the end of the day, productivity is a function of quality. And Deming said that. Uh, I have a quote here. It says, if you want to improve quality, you automatically, if you improve quality, you automatically improve productivity. Okay. There's a direct cause and effect relationship. If you want to just focus on productivity without causing the drivers that, that, that cause you not to be productive or efficient or whatever word you want to use, then of course you're going to lose. It's like focusing on your scale, the weight on your scale when you want to lose weight by and ignoring calories, nutrition, exercise, and all that stuff. Okay. I'm not saying you don't look at the scale, but you got to drive those other things in order to get the result once you step on that scale. And that's the mistake a lot of people make with cost and especially with productivity. Okay. So our biggest problem, although we had a lot of problems, was this whole quality thing that we had. So we said, okay, well, what are we going to do about that? The quality areas, I have a very simple Pareto here. I know those of you listening can't see it, but I'll tell you our biggest issue was we had more, most of our invoices were either missing a purchase order or there was a unit of measure problem. You know, we ordered it in gallons and they sent it to us in pounds or whatever the case may be. Wrong quantity, no receiver, and then a bunch of other little things that kind of added to the, to the fire, right? So we actually started posting all the different uh, quality problems with the invoices, and we started looking at them from a lot of different ways. I'm only showing one, uh, one you know, overall Pareto here, but we looked at it by vendor. We found there were certain vendors that were culpable. We looked at it by initiators of the purchase order. We found engineering, for example, were big uh, violators of just going out and buying stuff with no PO, and they had vendors that would allow them to do that, right? Uh, we found, you know, fundamental problems with how we ordered materials relative to unit of measure. We were missing receivers. You know, we had a lot of holes in our system. So a lot of times when you look at an accounting function and you say, well, geez, you know, they're inefficient. Usually they are the, the, uh, benefactors, or I should say the victims of other processes within the business that are broken. So most of our time was spent 75% or so of our time trying to track down all these problems. So now that's the beautiful batch I put together that said I should pay X number of dollars out. I could never finish the batch because the invoices kept bouncing out, all right? Um, so we started doing Kaizans around each type of defect, and it was a multifunctional thing. We had to get purchasing involved, receiving, engineering. It was not just an accounts payable problem, okay? We use visual controls. Uh, we... Uh, started eliminating these quality defects, all right? And uh, all of a sudden, before you know it, we became very productive as a business, as a uh, as a function. So what do we do? We developed standard work, and I'm gonna show you that in a minute, real standard work, by the way, for accounts payable, okay? We designed actually a accounts payable cell in terms of how we flowed invoices through that cell. And we had Three major product families, we looked at these from a product family perspective. One was uh, inventory. Of course, we had a lot of invoices for inventory. Another was uh, non-PO type stuff, like you get electric bills and things like that, expense reports, all these kind of things that were off the, off the grid when, when it comes to purchase orders. And then all the other MRO type stuff, you know, people ordered office supplies and, 
engineering supplies and things like that. So those are the three major families, if you will, that we had to look at. Each one was a little bit different. Uh, we even broke down the errors in, in those categories as well. So when you do a Pareto analysis, and I think I'm going to have a separate podcast on, on, on how to use a Pareto, which is uh, invented by Dr. Duran. Um, he, he adopted that into the quality circles. Matter of fact, I have a, a podcast on Duran. And, and when I asked him, when I, and then I knew Duran, when, when I asked him, you know, what was his favorite quality tool? It was the Pareto analysis. He said, why not? I invented it. Um, one piece flow. Okay. In this case, one, one invoice flow. Uh, we had a hospital bed for quality defects, so we could actually quarantine those and actually analyze those and figure out what was going on, right? And they implemented root cause quality tracking and improvement system, okay? Now, we actually created a standard work combination sheet. And if you're looking online, I'm showing you one right now uh, where I detail the, the, the actions of an accounts payable clerk and what they had to do relative to entering one invoice into the system. Now, back then we had 150 per day. So that means in the available time, our tack time was 180 seconds. And if you look at how we would process this, it only took a total, without any Kaizen now, of 120 seconds to process one invoice, basically two minutes, right? But our tack time was 180. How is it that we had three people? Well, we had three people because we can never perform to this standard. And this is why standard work, one of the reasons why it's so darn important. Uh, I, I meet so many companies who say they're doing lean and they're basically saying, geez, you know, um, uh, we're not doing standard work because, you know, geez, you know, I had somebody not too long ago tell me, do you, Mark, do you know how long it would take for us to put standard work in place? No, why don't you tell me? I've never done this before, you know? I mean, but Ono even said, without standards, there can be no improvement, okay? What exactly are you improving if you don't have a standard? So this was our standard work. So basically, we had a tack time. We had to get one invoice done every 180 seconds. However, our cycle time was only 120. So by definition, there's no way we should have used uh, three people. But we had to because of all the errors and, and problems that we had, all right? So when we got done with this, I would say this is about eh, maybe a six month endeavor in terms of getting to a, a decent point. We were able to reduce our headcount by two in accounts payable, right? Went from three to one. We also, by the way, uh, was able to incorporate accounts receivable into that same person, into that same, same uh, department, if you will. So uh, our productivity went up by 200%. The quality, still not perfect, went from 650,000 parts per million to 50,000 nuts. So 650,000 parts per million, that means 6.5 invoices out of 10 had problems with them. Okay, that's how bad it was, right? And we eliminated dupl duplicate payments. That was something that we tracked. And we also eliminated duplicate filings and, and all the other duplications that go along with it. Okay, now our headcount, uh, when you look at the total accounting process, we went down to 10 people from 25, and those 15 people, all but one, was assigned somewhere else. Matter of fact, one of my ladies in, uh, in, uh, in the IT bit, uh, part of, the biz of my business, uh, my department, went to be a buyer planner on the shop floor. 
Okay. One person went over to run the CAD system in engineering. Uh, we had uh, accountants, one, one, uh, the, the VP of, we had a VP of uh, IT. He went to become an operations manager in one of the uh, business units within the business. That's where we re restructured the business to focus on customer focused value streams. Okay. So uh, everything happened then. Now I'll, I'll talk to you more about what happened to my, my accounting managers uh, when we get to the second part of this on the next podcast, because that's an interesting career development for them. And it was a very interesting move for them that uh, uh, was uh unbelievably beneficial not only to them but to the company as well okay so anyway uh that's kind of where we are so I, I guess i guess the thing i'd like to say here is uh is when you look at the accounting function or any other function you've got to remember that when you're trying to do breakthrough and transformation you cannot do it if you have chaos in your fundamental everyday daily management systems. The firefighting will bring you down into the bowels of the company every single time, and you will find yourself firefighting and working in the business, not working on the business, trying to build a better mousetrap. And that's what Kaizen is all about, right? So we knew that in order for us to do the right thing with accounting for lean, we had to get all of this right. We had to take our closing down from two weeks to two days is what we did. And I'll talk to you more about all of that stuff on the on the next podcast. So anyway, just want to show you an example. This is a prerequisite for you to do accounting for lean. Okay. So there we are. Thank you. Uh, we're going to get on to the next uh, session and we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Lean 911 podcast. I'll be happy to address your questions or feedback on future episodes. Email me at mark at lean911.com. You can check out our other episodes by visiting our website at lean911.com, our YouTube channel, wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your host, Mark DeLuzio. Thanks for listening.